Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. I thought about moms and I thought, man, there is no assignment on earth that requires the skills and the understanding of a mom, right? Moms, we are smart, aren't we? You can brag on yourself today. It's okay. We are smart. And then I thought about, man, all the things that my mother taught me. You know, my mom taught me about logic. She said, because I said so, and that is why. Okay, mom. She taught me to appreciate a job well done. She said, if you're going to kill each other, then do it outside because I just finished cleaning the house. And then my mom taught me about religion. She said, you better pray that will come out of this carpet. And then mama taught me about foresight. She said, make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. And then mama was a scientist. She taught me about the science of osmosis. She said, shut your mouth and eat your supper. Okay, mom, close my mouth and eat my supper. How do we do that? And then she taught me about stamina. She said, you'll sit here until all that liver is finished and you've eaten it all. How many of you had something that you were forced to eat as a kid? Mine was liver and I would dip it in ketchup and I would swallow it whole. Liver's so gross. Okay, weather. My mom told me about the weather. She says it looks as if a tornado has swept through your room. And then she taught me a little bit about hypocrisy. She said, if I've told you once, I've told you a million times. Don't exaggerate. And then my mom helped me. She taught me about meeting a challenge. She said, what were you thinking? Answer me when I talk to you. Don't talk back to me. (laughs) Mom, that is a challenge. Answer you, but don't talk back to you. And then finally, my mom, she taught me about receiving. How many of you heard you are gonna get it when you get home? (laughs) Okay, mom, I receive, I receive, mom. But the truth of it is being a mom can be bittersweet, right, mamas? There's some bittersweet moments. There's some not so fun moments from the tears to the sleepless nights to correcting your kids to the doctor's visits to the unknown, you know, to the staying up late. My, two of my girls are older and I stay up late just, you know, to make sure they're in and they're safe. And, you know, the moms have a lot. We have a lot that goes on, but I wanted you to see, check out this video of this mom doing her mom duties and correcting her kids. Turn your attention to the screen. So you went and got a marker. Dad, we wanted to be got that. That's why we did it. You did it for why? Because we wanted to be bugs. And they were sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty upset. Does my daddy gonna be mad too? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe we should think about what we've done. You think thinking about what you've done is gonna take away the marker all over your chest? If we take a bus, it will. 
Maybe I will, and David will when I get done, and Aiden will. You are officially never allowed to use a marker again. Yeah, but I'll get the draw. Well, try paper next time. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Don't you love it? Being a mom, it's bittersweet. We have to correct our kids. You know, we have some illustrations, as you can see on the screen, you know, the, the lemons today and the lemonade. And, you know, I thought about moms when it comes to life and bitter moments. You know, moms can take this, which this is, this is really kind of sour, right? You got to kind of mix some stuff with this to make it sweet. But mom can take bitter things. Mom can take a lemon, a sour, bitter lemon, and turn it into a lemon box pie, or maybe some baked lemon squares, maybe a little lemon cheesecake, maybe a little nice lemon citrus house cleaner. Mamas can take something bitter and make it sweet. I thought about our kids, you know, when they were younger, putting a little Band-Aid on their bobo, and then they just feel better. Or maybe, you, you know, you get your kids a pair of shoes, or you make your birthday special. You know, those girls' birthdays. Man, birthdays have gone to another level these days. Can I have an amen? The prom dress shopping, you know, maybe even finding that lost item. Man, this is a bitter moment for your kid. I need that item. Mom, they call you, and moms, we have a GPS mind, right? We know exactly where to go to find it. Here it is. And then, you know, the list can go on and on. You know, and even Pastor Mike, he needs help finding stuff. <laughs> Babe, where is it? It's right in front of your face, right there, right there. I don't see it. That's for another day. I said, I have the mic and I can talk about Mike. Come on now, I've been his object in many ways, right? Can I have an amen? Woo, awesome. But I wanna turn your attention today to a story in the Bible. And it's about bittersweet. Because the truth is, life can be bittersweet. If you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 15. And verse 22, Exodus chapter 15, verse 22. I'm gonna read five quick verses. Verse 22 says, Exodus 15, 22. Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea and they moved out into the desert of Shur. They traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water, verse 23. And when they came to the oasis of Marah, Everyone say Mara. The water was too bitter to drink. So they called the place Mara, which means bitter. Then the people complained and they turned against Moses. What are we gonna drink? They demanded, verse 25. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Moses threw it into the water and this made the water good to drink. It was there at Marah that the Lord set before them the falling decree as a standard to test, everybody say test, their faithfulness to him. He said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. Verse 27. 
After leaving Mara, they left Mara, the Israelites traveled on to the oasis of Elam, where they found 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped there beside the water. The title of today's message is, The Sun Will Come Out to Mara. He's coming out into your bitterness. I wanna give you a little biblical context of this. Many of you remember when the Israelites, they crossed the Red Sea, right? The big miracle, God parted the waters, they went through. I mean, this is a sweet moment for the Israelites, right? And they have crossed the Red Sea and God made a passage for them. He provided help, but then he also defeated their enemies for good, the Egyptians. So here they are, they're on an all-time high, right? And they are headed toward the promised land. They are leaving their past behind and they are moving forward. But only three days go by and they say, we're so thirsty. And then they begin to complain. Okay, mamas, how many of you heard the words, I'm thirsty? We've heard it, probably all heard it from our kids and it's at the wrong time where you can't get anything. The juice cup has ran out. I'm thirsty. And the truth is three days is really how long you can survive without water. So here we see a desperate situation, right? Three days go by. So if you're taking notes, I wanna draw your attention to verse 23. It's called the taste. Point number one, the taste. Verse 23 says, when they came to the oasis of Mara, the water was too bitter to drink. So they called the place Mara, which means bitter. Did you know that the human tongue can detect five tastes? Sweet, sour, salty, bitter. Anybody know the fifth one? Savory, savory. Do you know which one is the most sensitive? Any guesses? Bitter. Bitter is the most sensitive One, you see our initial response to bitter is what? Spit it out. This doesn't taste good. I don't want this in my body. It can protect us from consuming something harmful. If something's bitter, we're like, I don't want this. Have you ever started drinking something that you thought was something else? And you were like, ooh, this is nasty. Have you ever done that? You know, the truth is in life, we all go through bitter seasons. Can I have an amen? I think everybody probably in this room has gone through a season of bitterness. And if you haven't, take notes. You know, I can remember a situation in my, in my life where bitterness just got a hold of me. And it was like the Lord said, Rachel, you're the one being held hostage here. You're the one. This situation, it had a lot of, of control over me and I just couldn't get free from it. And I needed to release it to him. You know, I thought in the same parallel, kids will come to their mamas for help, right? They'll come to us, especially when they're little. They'll come to you and like, mom, I fell or this or I need this. And and you just make it all better. And what do they do? They release it and they just run off and play. I wonder if God feels like that. My children, would you just release this to me and go about your way? I'm gonna take care of this for you. Ephesians 4.31 says, get rid of, everybody say, get rid of. 
Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Have you ever had to get rid of something? Moms, have you had to clean out those closets because your kids are growing too fast and box them up in the containers? You know, I remember doing that with my girls and I would give, you know, the, the younger one, the older clothes I'd pass down to them or maybe give it to relatives or friends. Sometimes it's hard to get rid of things in our own closets, isn't it? It's easier to clean out somebody else's closet. It's easier to point out what someone else needs to get rid of in their, in their closet, right? But this scripture says to get rid of all bitterness. You see, your anger can turn to resentment, then your resentment to bitterness, then hopelessness, then depression, and then it's just a downward spiral. You see, the Israelites' expectations of this journey, it left them upset. They expected sweet, but found bitter. Have you ever had a moment in your life, that new job, that new relationship, maybe that new season in your life, and you had these sweet expectations, maybe even for your children, and things turned bitter. We thought it was gonna be one thing and then it failed, and it wasn't the way you expected it to be. Can I tell you that bitter does not mean you're in the wrong place or part of the wrong thing or even in the wrong season? You see, God led Israel to this location on purpose. Why? God, why would you lead someone to bitter waters on purpose? Because I believe the bitter water allowed the people to see God as their provider and nothing else in the natural could do for them what God could do. Psalm 34, eight, it says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him, who trust in him. You know, sometimes when Mike and I go eat at a restaurant, what's on his plate looks much better than what's on my plate. Like, um, can I have a bite of yours? He's like, sure, you can have whatever you want. But the truth is the enemy will trick you, deceive you, lie to you, and make you think what's on someone else's plate is better than what's on your plate. Can I tell you, church, be careful where we are looking for sweetness. Be careful where you're looking to find that. The first one is taste, the second one is the test. Look at verse 25 with me, it says this. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Moses threw it in the water and this made the water good to drink. It was there at Marah that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to what? Test their faithfulness to him. So, you know, here we, I have a little illustration here. I thought about, you know, this kind of looked like something in the Middle Eastern times that maybe Moses he picked up and threw in the water. You know, this doesn't really make sense, does it? Hmm, this looks kind of gross to throw in water and then drink out of it, right? But why would God test them? Why would he bring them there? Why doesn't God just bring them to Elam, the place where the palm trees and the springs are? Why stop at Mara? Because it was a test. I believe tests reveal what's truly inside of us. 
See, though the Israelites were out of Egypt, God had led them out of Egypt, there was some Egypt that was still left inside of them. And they kept looking back. It's comfortable, isn't it? Sometimes it's comfortable to just go back. Not always, but sometimes. God wants to get us out of our comfort zone. You see, our tests are temporary, but they can feel permanent, can't they? When you're in the middle of a test, you feel like this is gonna last forever. This is the only thing going on and nothing else matters. Mike says, your feelings will fake you out. We can acknowledge them, but we cannot rely on our feelings. Tests are temporary, they feel permanent, but they are temporary. And then, you know, as Christians, sometimes we question God, like, God, why, why test me? That's mean. Why give me a test? But I believe God tests us first to prove himself faithful to us. And secondly, to give us an opportunity to prove ourselves faithful to him. Do you remember the story of Abraham? Y'all remember the story of Abraham bringing his son, Isaac, up on the mountain to be sacrificed? Do y'all remember? Anybody remember in the room? Y'all remember? Okay. It's interesting because that day, Abraham proved that there was nothing that he loved more than God himself. That day was when God introduced him to Jehovah Jireh, his provider. He knew that God would provide for him, but he was willing to sacrifice the things he loved to honor God with obedience. He is your God who provides church. He will do it for you. When our faith is tested, we discover God's faithfulness. We don't know he's faithful until we get tested. It's easy when things are going good, but do you know his faithfulness when things are not going so good? The Israelites failed, they complained, they turned on God, they questioned him. Then they just started ordering God around. And it only took three days. You think about the miracles that God performed for the Israelites and only three days for them to forget? Wow. I think of so many sweet moments in my life where God has been so good to me, you know, spiritually, mentally, physically, financially. But oftentimes I'm guilty of not even remember when I'm going through a trial. Wait, he was faithful. He was faithful to me. Deuteronomy 8 talks about all that God did for the Israelites. If you have time, go back and read Deuteronomy 8. It talks about everything that he was faithful with. And then he reminds them, hey, don't forget. Don't forget. Remember, how many of you got to tell your kids? Don't forget. Remember, don't forget. Don't forget. God's telling us, don't forget. In the good times and the bad times, I've been faithful. Have you ever complained to God? I have. Have you ever asked them a lot of questions? How about your kids? You're like, like, really? You don't trust me now after everything I've done for you and bought for you and take care of you? I need to hear some gratefulness from my kids. You think God wonders that sometimes? We as his kids, after everything I've done for you and provided for you, the very breath you breathe, you got up this morning, you have breath that was for me. Do you even question me that I'm gonna take care of you? You see, God can fix our issues immediately. He's totally capable. But he fixed the water. He could have done it with Moses' staff, but he told Moses to do something, right? 
Moses passed the test because he was obedient. He did what God asked him to do, even though it didn't make sense. That would not make sense to me to throw a piece of wood in water and it would turn sweet. I don't know about you, but obedience is such a powerful tool because it keeps you one step ahead of the enemy. And let me show you how this works. See, obedience brings you blessing, it brings you protection, and it will put you in the right place at the right time, exactly where God wants you to be. He is an on-purpose God, church. It's obedience to His Word, obedience to His Word. Just because we don't agree with His Word personally does not make it optional. I read a statement the other day that said, our culture has wrongly equated loving everyone with approving everything. That is not obedience to God's word. God wants us to obey all of his word. We don't get to pick and choose. You know, I love my kids, but because I love them, I tell them the truth and I don't approve of everything they do. It doesn't mean I don't love them just because I don't approve of their actions. I correct them to protect them. And sometimes, like I say, we as a family, we just don't do that. That doesn't represent the Hamans well. That doesn't represent God. You know, I can remember one time when my son, he was younger and he wanted to play with some scissors. And he would say, scissors. He would say it just like that. He was like two or three years old. And You know, of course, as a mom, I'm not gonna give you scissors to go cut something you want to at two years old. Now, just because he didn't agree with what I was saying didn't mean he shouldn't obey, right? Because I was trying to protect him. When God asks you to do something that you don't agree with, he's protecting you, not keeping you from something good. Psalm 8411 says this, I love this. For the Lord is our son and shield. I love that word shield. Shield means it's just a protection. He is my protection. He is your protection. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what's right. When you do all right and you are obedient, God says, I won't withhold anything good from you. Something may seem good, but he says, I got something better for you. See, when we don't obey God, we withhold all that he has for us. One author said, disobeying God is the same as telling him to hold back all of the blessings that come with obedience. That's what we're saying. Do y'all remember the story when Jesus was born and the angel shows up to Joseph and he says, I want you to take Mary and Jesus and I want you to take them to Egypt. I want you to leave here then I want you to stay there until your next move. Some of you need to hear that today. You need to stay where you are until God has told you your next move. And Joseph obeyed. He took Mary, he took Jesus. And you know what happened after that? King Herod ordered that all the, two kid, the boys, two years and younger, be murdered in Bethlehem. And that's where they were. But see, Joseph's obedience kept him one step in front of the enemy. It was a 40-mile journey for him to take that newborn baby, Jesus and Mary, his wife, and take them to Egypt. You see, that wasn't an easy trip. Obedience is not an easy trip sometimes. It's not gonna always be easy, but it will keep you steps in front of the enemy. 
Amen? Amen. Obedience and tests reveal how much we trust God. Tests are hard. Can I have an amen from the kids in the room, the college students, and all the kids? Tests can be hard, right? I can remember being in high school, and I had a history teacher, and he gave us the kind of test that said, what is the best answer? Don't you hate those? Like A could be right, B could be right, C could be right, and answer D could be right. And it's not all of the above, it's not an option, so you had to pick the best answer. I didn't like those kind of tests. You see, the world makes us think there are options to obedience, but there's only one option. There's one only true answer, church, and it's God's word, the truth of it. How do you obey? It's hard sometimes. I read a quote by Bethany Hamilton. If y'all remember this, she was the girl that lost her limbs in a shark attack. There's a movie about her. But she said, I don't need easy. I just need possible. The words of Jesus, he said in Matthew 19, 19:26, he said, humanly speaking, it's impossible. You can't obey humanly. But with God, everything is possible. You see, the enemy wants you to quit. He wants you to quit the test. He wants to make you afraid. But we cannot be a bitter quitter, church. We cannot quit. Some of you are holding on to promises today that God has given you. You know you're on a journey to your promised land, but you have test after test after test and you're beginning to doubt. He is faithful. He is faithful. Do not give up. See, if we aren't obedient and we quit, we're gonna have to retake that test. We don't get the grade. We don't pass. I wanna pass the test. Do you? I wanna pass it. See, we will never know God as our provider if we never go through a season of need. We won't know him as our provider if we don't go through a season of need. I read this recently that said, I won't forsake the desert for it has loved me enough to reveal my deep thirst. You know, when you're going through the desert, when you're going through the bitter season, you're just thirsty. God, give me something. Amen? We have the taste, we have the test. And number three, I'm gonna bring it home. We have the trees, the trees. Look at verse 27. It says, after leaving Mara, everybody say Mara. They can't stay in that bitterness. They gotta leave Mara, you gotta leave your bitterness. The Israelites traveled on the, to the oasis of Elam where they found 12 springs and 70 palm trees and they camped there beside the water. God brings them to Elam, which means palm trees. I think they have a picture of palm trees here on the screen. There they are. You see, there were 12 springs, one for each tribe. Now it's interesting. There were 12 springs there. God had already gone before them and prepared sweet waters for them. There was a blessing for each one of the tribes that were traveling with the Israelites. You see, we follow God, we obey him, and he gives us the steps. We may have some tests along the way, but he gets us there. God is preparing you for something. Don't get sidetracked. Don't miss the meal. Don't miss the ride. Don't get left behind. 
You know, it's interesting that he refers to the palm trees. What's so significant about a palm tree? You can see how tall and grand they are. One species of palm trees can go up to, grow up to 200 feet tall. These trees provide many sources of food and it is the largest seed of any plant in the world. The seed, just the seed, okay, weighs 60 pounds and be 20 inches in diameter. Just the seed alone for this tree. It's pretty significant, I would say, right? Psalm 92, 12. Interesting that God refers to the palm trees. It says, but the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. You know, this is such an interesting story and I love how God brings the pieces together. You see, Moses cast the tree in the water. He took the tree and he cast it in the water. But guess what? There's another tree that was more important and symbolic for you and me. And that is a picture of the cross. You see, it's the tree that was cast into your Mara, my Mara, your bitterness, my bitterness. Jesus was cast into it to bring change and healing for you and me. You see, the Bible says he is our Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. You know what Rapha means? Completely made whole, mend to repair completely. He's your Jehovah Rapha. Jesus can transform your Mara. He can make it into some sweet waters. He threw that himself into our waters. It's that tree that brings us to Elam, to the palm trees and makes us flourish. You see, Jesus drank the bitter cup of suffering so that we can drink the sweet waters of salvation, church. Matthew 26, 42 says this, then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, my father, if this cup, remember it was bitter, cannot be taken away unless I drink it, then your will be done. Church, there's an oasis on the other side of your Mara today. Jesus can make your Mara no more than a pit stop. Can I have an amen? It's kind of like Bucky's, just a quick little pit stop. And you think, can he do it for me? Some of you in the audience, can he do it for me? The bitterness of life has weighed me down. He can do it for her, he can do it for him, but can he do it for me? A.W. Tozer was a mighty man of God and this is what he said. Anything God has ever done, he can do now. Anything God has ever done anywhere, he can do here. And anything God has ever done for anyone, he can do for you. Church, we cannot get better. We must be obedient to God's words so that we can experience the blessing. Amen. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.